my church growing up is kind of where all this kind of started for my life. That's Sam. He is about to be the focus of today's episode. Fun fact, he also happens to be my best friend. So do with that what you will. Let's start from the beginning. It's 1997. Neither Sam nor I have even been born yet. This church, we'll call it Compass Church, that's not its real name, has found a new pastor. When the pastor like first came on, that church had been without a pastor for like two plus years. So they were pretty desperate for a new pastor. And he was able to get a super nice deal for himself, <laughs> like high pay. And like he was able to change some of the bylaws to like give himself more power. Um, and at first that didn't really seem like much of a problem. Um, but as the years went on, he was able to like make these executive decisions and nobody was really able to stop him. The church was just cycling through staff members. Like people were just leaving all the time. Staff members were just being replaced constantly. Um, they would leave or they would get fired. Nobody would really talk about it. Um, they would sign a non-disclosure agreement, an, an NDA, so that they would uh, get a nice severance package when they left. But it was something like five or six staff members a year. You might be like me and thinking, I mean, come on, five or six? Doesn't sound like a lot. Well, today, the church has 18 staff members employed and listed on the website. I checked. So seeing a staff removal of five to six staff members every year is pretty intense. That's over a quarter of the staff every 12 months removed from their positions and silenced with NDAs. And we'll fast forward a bit. Here's how the story ends. I graduated high school and then I went off to college and never really came back to that church. My family left probably a year or two later. And then about a year or two after my family left, uh, the pastor was voted out by like a 95% majority. Like the whole congregation voted on it. It's crazy. So what made the vast majority of the congregation vote out their head pastor? Nobody really knew about what was going on behind the scenes for a while until one woman decided not to sign the NDA. She she told the story. When it all like kind of went down that way, it really just came to light that this guy had been <laughs> just cruel to his staff and just like if they would rub up against him, if they would, you know, say no to him or if they would think think something different than him about what direction the church should go, then he would he would ice him and they'd be gone. Ice him. Like that <laughs> mafia shrew from Zootopia. Sorry. Anyways, after he left, a bunch of his actions and attitudes came to light. One of which was his response to concerned families during his tenure as pastor. They would come to him like genuinely concerned about a situation that was happening in the church or like the direction that the church was going. They would come to him genuinely concerned, just wanting to have a conversation. And he would tell, these are just families, by the way, this happened a lot, just families in the church, not like, not staff, not elders, deacons, just families in the church who would come to him concerned. And he would say, well, if you don't like it, then leave. Like the culture of the church was just this like 
it was all centered around what this guy was doing and it was all centered around this one man and not really about god um and that we were all kind of there and like the the grateful recipients of this man's ministry like he was he would say the worship is like the warm-up and the beginning <laughs> and the sermon is the main thing yes learning hearing from the word of the lord is of the utmost importance but if you're gonna like pass off worship as like an appetizer <laughs> like no <laughs> So that's Sam's story. For over 20 years, through the weakened bylaws and lack of accountability, this pastor was kept in power since 1997. And Sam's experience with leadership abuse wasn't a singular event. It wasn't a flash in the pan. It was much more like a crockpot, cooking all of Compass Church over a long period of time in a culture of fear and domination. Sorry for the weird analogy, but it works. Let me say that again. Sam was under the leadership of this man for virtually his entire upbringing in the church. The rest of this podcast will be dedicated to how he has wrestled with that and the healing that the Lord has worked in his life. I'll let Sam take the mic from here and talk about what that journey has looked like and what God has to say about it. I feel that this topic is probably one of the things that Jesus takes the most seriously, um, more than most other sin. <laughs> like if you look at, you know, the if you look throughout his ministry, the only time he was flipping tables was when people were abusing the church, <laughs> you know, like that was the times when he got angry and that was like those are the times when he spoke harshly most of the time. Like there are other examples, but I do think like this issue is closer to God's mm -hmm. heart than yeah. many things. <laughs> so it's really important to talk about yeah. and to n understand and to come to terms with. Um, I guess how it's kind of playing out in my life right now, I've kind of like gone through college, had some time removed, and I've really realized like what power dynamics exist in the church. And like you look into like church government, there's a lot of different ways that church government is run. The way that the American church often, not always, but often structures the power in the church, oftentimes it centers the power around one dude. And that pastor bears so much responsibility and that can burn you out. Not only that, but it also creates the ability to just abuse that power. And that culture is what I kind of grew up in. <laughs> and so I'm just realizing like how much I like am afraid of power in the church and how like sensitive I became to anybody who wielded any amount of power in the church because having the Bible and having truth wielded over me as a weapon to like solidify a person's power. 
It's crazy. And uh, it really doesn't like affect the way I, I never like had this big like hurt moment. So my situation is probably a little bit different than many of the other situations you might be talking with people about because I never had that like big ouch moment, you mm-hmm. know. Um, rather, it was like a just a constant culture of something that created um, a fear and like a a me serving this guy kind of thing. And I don't think that that is scriptural at all because I think that God God desires that each member of his body would be active in the ministry that the church is doing mm-hmm. and that each member of his body would have a say in the direction of that particular congregation. Like I think the, the point the point of this beautiful gift of Christianity that we've been given is to engage with what God is doing in the world and to bring glory to his name, to spread the gospel and to worship, you know, the believer, no matter how average Joe he might be or she, the believer has an active role to play. And my kind of hurt came from being told that like your role is less important. And I I really felt that I was like undervalued. And for a while that made me want to go into ministry (laughs) because I felt that I was not going to be a good Christian or a worthy Christian or an, a good servant of God unless I went into the ministry. I was kind of tricked into believing that, which is very harmful. <laughs> like a lot of people say like, oh, you know, Paul was a tent maker. Like, and that's true. <laughs> like people in the Bible had vocations, they had jobs, and they brought the Lord into those jobs. And that is an absolutely beautiful way to live your life. And the Lord is so honored by that. And it is so valuable. It is equally as value valuable as the work that the pastor does and the sermon that he gives on Sunday morning. Is you actively living out Christ in your day-to-day job with unbelievers. Like equally valuable in the kingdom, hands down. And that type of culture was never really shown to me. I like really had to like come to grips with like, man, maybe I need to like realign my life. Maybe I don't want to go into ministry, you know? Maybe I've been like tricked into thinking that I need to in order to be good. Um, Now I'm kind of coming out of it and kind of realizing it. And the weird thing now (laughs) is that I've found that I am, this is probably not good podcast material, but I'm going to say it anyway. (laughs) I have found that I am now afraid of having any sort of authority or any mm. any authority role in the church um, because I'm afraid of abusing someone. Narrator Alex here again. Sorry, quick pause. I disagree with Sam. I think that's really good podcast material, and here's why. This isn't the first time I've heard of church hurt linked with the dangers of leadership. When I was doing research for this podcast, A good friend of mine, Janae, sent me a few voice memos of her experience with church hurt. Side note, she was on her way to youth group, so she hasn't given up on the church yet. (laughs) Uh, Also featured here is her cat, Spooks. Here's Janae. Basically, I think majority of my personal church hurt has come from being in leadership at church. I had an instance at a summer camp where I was leading worship at and 
these leaders were, can you hear spooks? These leaders were trying to get me to manipulate these kids by something as simple as like singing certain things over them so that they have the words to say so that they can say these things or creating um, group hysteria or, um, or even when I was leading worship, just like me being in the spirit and being led by the spirit and someone saying, okay, now you have to speak in tongues over them and things like that, just misuse of gifts and the stewardship of the spirit being done in a way that produces results instead of producing what the spirit is asking or what the child necessarily needs. I think that's what I've run into the most recently and it is pushing me farthest from the church. So here we have two young folks, Sam and Janae, loving Jesus, gifted in leading, but being hesitant to take on leadership because of their experiences with leadership gone wrong. And I think that's important to note that church hurt doesn't just lead to general misgivings, but it also discourages the hurt ones from leading in the future, even if leadership is one of their God-given skills. Back to Sam. What that meant for me was that it was easier for me for a very long time to just continue to be a victim so that I would not <laughs> become the abuser, you know? Because like a lot of time, like a lot of time, the culture of my church would be like wielding kind of righteousness and like, this is subtle and it, it might not even sound bad, but the way it can be delivered is bad. But when somebody's like, oh yeah, you were like, you were struggling with, you know, lust. Like, well, here's how I got over it. Like, that's a really small way where, like, somebody's, like, righteousness can be, like, you know, used to put someone down, right? Like, oh, here's how I got over it, blah, blah, blah. And, like, here's how, why I'm wise and, like, why I'm better and why I'm further along than you, mm. you know? That's so interesting to me because I, I think that tone matters so much. Yeah. if you just looked at a transcript and you saw, oh, you're struggling, here's how I did it. Yeah. To me, I'm like, I've had a hundred of those conversations. But if the tone is, like, Oh, you struggle? Oh, right. well, here's how I got over it. Like, it's all, it's this discernment game where we just need to actually try and discern what they're actually yeah. trying to say. Yeah, and it's tough. And and so what I, what I kind of realized was, the, like, I kind of went through this period over the past couple of years where I am just, like, was weak in my faith, you know? My relationship with the church was rocky, and I, uh, I never wanted to be the person who would say, oh, you're struggling with doubt? Well, like, here's here's how I got out of that, mm. you know? You should be allowed to say that, <laughs> you know? But, like, I, I kind of let myself live in the doubt so that I would never become the person who wields the righteousness against somebody who is doubting. So that church hurt almost kept you from like encouraging the brothers and sisters in the congregation. Yes, wow. it, that's exactly true. And like, I was primed for the healing from my doubt. You know, I was primed to like step into greater faith, and like I was primed. I really like I knew all the answers to like I, to put my doubt behind me. You know, but it was easier for me to like continue to doubt so that I wouldn't put, like have to. I don't know. I, I'm basically so saying the same thing again, uh, but yeah. So, but but it caused me to like pull truth, you know. It caused me to hold my tongue, 
instead of like saying something that could encourage the believer. And it caused me to hold my tongue instead of delivering a truth, you know, because mm. I thought it could be received poorly. And all of that <laughs> stems from like a power dynamic <laughs> that I grew up with. I truly, mm. I truly believe that. Um, although like the power dynamic and like the abuse of authority never like big time affected me in like a big event it did like i don't know it it really affected my life years mm -hmm. later you know so that's just my personal experience wow thank you for saying all that yeah. i think that's like Sorry, that's a really so interesting no dude i'm like for this i'm I was like as <laughs> you're talking i was like sam was perfect for this like i'm just like so glad that he's talking about this um it's really interesting to see how the church hurt and abuse from your upbringing affected you in a way that I had not expected. It didn't. I didn't expect you to have a fear of being an authority. Like I usually like these stories I hear lead to like a fear of authority. Mm -hmm. But like you were in that position where you were already in authority at the high school, and then you saw that authority being wielded, so you almost pulled back. Yeah. That's so interesting because I haven't heard that before. Yeah, that's my experience might be a little weird. I I don't know. I think it's good though cuz I think that that's I'm glad that you said that because I I don't think that that's common and I think it's important to highlight stuff like that too. It, I didn't want this whole podcast episode to be like and then I just like I hate the church. <laughs> I want yeah. it to be like something nuanced like that is true right. and it's important to like talk about. Yeah. It has caused me to really feel strongly about um the spread of power throughout the church. Because in my experience, so much hurt, so much church hurt comes from power. <laughs> it comes from somebody wielding their power too much. And that is not what the church is for at all. And so I am so about churches who have like a ton of different people in the church who teach and churches who have a big board of elders that makes decisions who all have equal say on that board as the senior pastor, mm -hmm. you know, and also of like deacons, the role of deacons are so important as well, not just for like church government, but also for like caring the role of the deacon in acts is often like caring for the poor and the widows and lifting mm -hmm. up those seemingly voiceless in the church too. So like, these are all like, really critical roles that help to like make everybody important in the church. If many churches would adopt more of a spread power dynamic uh, rather than like a pyramid to the top of the senior pastor, then I think that many church hurts would be, you know, eliminated. Not all of yeah. them, of course. I'm not naive, but many. There was a panel today actually at work during lunch where three local pastors got together and started talking to us. It's a young professionals group mm -hmm. about being a young professional. Um, I feel a little out of place there because I'm not like chasing a corporate gig, but I still go because they have free food and it's a lot of young folks. And so I do, I do go. Free food? And my, my <laughs> yeah, right. My pastor was there, Kurt, um, or at least one of my pastors. And something he said really stuck with me. It was on the topic of church membership and why it's important. And then the follow-up question was, when do you leave a church? Like on the same mm -hmm. coin, like church membership is so important. When 
can, when do you decide to leave a church? And I think it's mm-hmm. hilarious that I'm now recording this podcast yeah. episode the day I was listening to them talk about it. And he said, yeah. like, immediately as soon as he said that, he was like, oh, oh I got it, I got it. And he, he gets the mic and he's like, the accountability in the church between everyone is so vital to the culture and the spirit of the church and the unity of the church. And as soon as you see that accountability doesn't go both ways between the leadership and the layperson, leave right now and like do it quickly, like leave as soon as you can, because Mm -hmm. if the leadership is holding the congregation accountable, but the congregation or even like one person in the congregation can't hold the any member of leadership to the standard of scripture and hold them accountable get get out of there and i think that's like pyramid structures are inevitable even if it's not Mm -hmm. one person at the top there's always some like smaller amount of leadership but it's that have to be leaders they do they (laughs) have there has to be leaders but i think that accountability of like it's it goes wrong when there's too few of leadership that cannot be accountable even to themselves and i thought that was so good that he said that I that's a really great metric I think for when to leave a church. That's really good. Because this okay, I'm going to say something that might sound a little harsh. Truthfully, churches like that should probably die. <laughs> like I don't want that, no, that sounds I'm, so harsh. I don't think that's bad like, to say. But the the church that I was talking about was able to find healing and they have now a new pastor who's amazing and uh I know him. He he was the youth pastor, and he is like doing a great job leading that church, and has picked up the pieces. So, as always with Christ, <laughs> restoration is possible. But there are some cases where like there's just no hope for this like power hungry complex. And in those cases, man, you're probably doing a pretty bad job of representing Christ, and maybe that church should not be around anymore. So, yeah, and I don't think that all division is bad. I think no. if you are being abused by a church, I think that breaking the yoke of that church from like mm-hmm. breaking out from under the yoke of that leadership is something that you actually should do biblically. It's probably, um, yeah, good for, it's a way to keep the church accountable and also to find healing for yourself. Yeah. And I think, I think back to what we were talking about earlier, it's that discernment game of like, mm-hmm. okay. And I actually yeah. mentioned this to Israel in a conversation Um, in an earlier taping, but it's that discernment of like, are my feelings just hurt or am I being Mm -hmm. abused? And if it's just my feelings getting hurt, I might need to grow as a person. I might, if this is a conviction from the words of scripture to my life, and this is actually my flesh resisting authority and resisting discipleship, then I mean, yeah, you can leave, but that's not a good reason to leave. And that might be sin for you if you're convicted about it. Um, But if it is abuse, I think what's so scary is like, I know my brain, I, if I was, I've never experienced to the extent that a lot of the stories I've been hearing about church hurt, I haven't experienced that. But the experience that I have had, I know about myself that if I was being truly abused, my brain wouldn't be, oh my gosh, I'm being abused. My brain would be justifying and being like, well, Mm -hmm. I mean, they're like totally in the right. And I think as a starting point, I don't think that's necessarily bad because you want to seek restoration you want to seek reconciliation because if if jesus is calling the church his bride and he has such a heart for his body you want to seek reconciliation you don't want to be looking for an excuse to skip out but it is kind of scary that those same tendencies would probably keep me in that abusive leadership Mm. 
longer than I would have to be there. And I need to be aware of that about myself. It's great, man. It's all great. (laughs) And that's why, that's why the Holy Spirit gives us um, a supernatural discernment, you know, Mm -hmm. and we have access to that as Christians, which is good. Yeah. Man, church hurt is tough because uh, there's also a flip side of this coin. Like oftentimes the church does hurt people. And then oftentimes people say it does and it didn't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I've seen, I've seen a lot of that probably as a worship leader, I've seen the most common instance of that type of thing I've seen is like a person who wanted to be like on the worship team or let's just say a leadership role, like a higher leadership role. And the worship pass the team of pastors, the worship team, whatever, deemed that person like not ready. Um, and then that person was hurt and then they go elsewhere so that they can get that role in another church. I've seen that happen a lot. And sometimes you as a person just need to be like, I, and this is going to sound harsh and I'm not going to call anybody up, but sometimes as a person, you just need to be able to like recognize you're not ready, you know, mm-hmm. and like recognize that you still have some growing to do. Uh, conviction is not the same thing as being abused <laughs> or hurt, you know, yeah. like sometimes conviction like conviction is a fire that like refines you. Um, it's not a fire that destroys you, you know? So mm. every situation is different and there's so much nuance. Who's hurting who? Who's not being hurt? It's hard. It, and like, that's that's one of the things that I like, man, there are so many times where I just think like, dude, it would just be so much easier just not to go to church. <laughs> yeah, You know what I'm saying? Of like, course, yes, it would, it would be, be so easier. much easier to just, not have to wrestle with all of this gray area, but like the Lord gives you grace. The Holy Spirit can give you discernment in all things. Be humble and uh, have your first instincts be to forgive and to grow. You know? Yeah. And I think that I'll bring up Hebrews ten twenty five. Yeah. Not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day drawing near. I think that if anyone leaves a church, this verse is saying, but don't neglect to meet together still. A very dangerous place to be as a church hurt Christian is, I just need to take a break yeah. to like heal. I don't want to speak to any sort of context that you've experienced and any sort of abuse that I really don't understand. But the Bible does say in Hebrews ten twenty five to not neglect meeting with one another. And that's not trying to take something from you. It's not trying mm-hmm. to take your healing. I truly believe it's because God knows what's best for us. And he's like, if you isolate, if you take the time to heal, you're Mm. missing out on the body. And the body's good, and I've actually given it. And I think there are, by the grace of God, good churches that don't abuse. Praise the Lord. And so don't neglect that. Like, go find a church that's good. And something I hear a lot is people making judgments about little c churches that then extrapolate to Big C Church, where they're like, my church was, ah, was so bad. I just need yeah. to take a break from the Big C Church. And Hebrews 10, 25 was like, don't, like, it's not good for you. Like, mm-hmm. this is good for you to go to church. And that would be my encouragement. If you're taking a break to heal, heal in community, because it's mm-hmm. it's it's a ton easier. <laughs> be yeah. easy. Be, don't be too hard on yourself, and don't try to do it alone. It's true. Man, That's that's like... 
if there's anybody like listening to this podcast, that's like that right there. What you just said is what I want people to hear most is like, cause that was my experience. Exactly what you're talking about. I had this hurt and like, once I found out about it, like, cause it took me a while to realize like my hurt. Um, but once I like discovered my hurt, God has given me so much healing in reconnecting with the church in a better way. You know, there's, there's no point in scripture where God promises that the church is perfect. Um, <laughs> there's not one. Yeah. Uh, well, maybe at the end, <laughs> but not now. <laughs> uh, but the point is, I would never have found true healing unless I had leaned back in to the church. You know, that's just my mm-hmm. experience. Um, but I think that the verse you just brought up completely like backs that up is yeah. that like if you are hurt by the church so often like the the healing is reconciliation it's not like separation you know yeah that is a better and like when i like when that switch flipped of like oh like i'm afraid of having authority because i'm afraid of abusing power when that switch flipped and i i had wrestled through that with people in the church the way I found that out was a meeting with fellow believers, you know, like the way that I was, ex- was a- made aware of my hurt was through believers. And it was this aha moment that is now spurring me forward to re-engage with the church in a new way, find a healthy community. And I am loving church all over again, you know, and just mm. like growing and finding like healing. The best healing possible is by reconciling with the church rather than running away. Mm. That's so good, Sam. I completely agree. Completely oh, I did agree. want to say too, that verse, uh, it, it caught me. I felt convicted in my heart because it was like, you know, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some. And then in my head I went, oh, that's my habit for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that would be my, ha- that's my natural, that's like, that's like my natural desire is like uh i don't want to deal with this today (laughs) like you said earlier though it's easier like it's easier to not meet together because when you meet together it's like it's gonna be ugly there was a there was a quote i saw the other day is like proverbs 14 4 in the uh, esv translation where there are no oxen the manger is clean and that's that's the first half of it. That spoke and to me. That spoke to me because <laughs> the truth is, is like when there's oxen, there's going to be like the manger won't be clean, you know? That's true. And when there, and maybe I'm completely taking this proverb out of context because I actually heard it in a, in a marriage seminar and he was talking about marriage and he was talking about how husbands mm. and wives, when, when people get together, there's going to be conflict. There's going to be stuff yeah. you need to work through. And I think that applies so well with the church. Like when you actually meet with one another, we're wicked. We're selfish. We're messed up. Yeah. And you, the pastor today at the round table was like, there's no perfect church. If there was one, as yeah. soon as you walk in, it's not perfect anymore because you're not perfect. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, That's so good. true. Like where there's oxen, where there's where there are no oxen, the major's clean. But when there's oxen there, the major's gonna be dirty. And like when the church meets together, it's a bunch of wicked folks. It's a bunch of really sinful people in process of being sanctified. And so when people are taken aback at the church's sinfulness, mm-hmm. 
you're just not reading the whole Bible if you're that surprised that church hurts people because right. it talks abundantly about Christian sinning. Yeah, yeah. it does. And that's not a judgment. That's just an encouragement mm-hmm. that like, yeah. let's buckle in our bootstraps and get ready yeah. to get hurt by the church and then move on that's true. because it's going to happen, sadly. And I do want to... But it shouldn't in a good church anyway. Right. And I, I, I love what you're saying and I agree, but I also want to emphasize something we already said which is that there are cases when you are being abused. And in those cases, find another church. You know? Just leave, man. Yeah, leave, completely. Leave that church, find a better one, because there are better ones. Yes. Um, and when you're finding that better one, take your time in yes. really finding that church and in like meeting with the elders and like trying to discern what the theology of this church is, what is the leadership structure? Because you don't want to go through that again. If you have to leave a church because of leadership abuse, you want to be really careful that the seeds of yeah. leadership abuse aren't found in that new church you find. Like, take that your time, because there are really, really good, good churches advice. probably near you. Um, and so do your work to find that, because you don't want to be in the same situation again. These last two episodes about Church Hurt have been really interesting for me to make. Um, I know it's important to highlight abuse in the church, but that's not just because I want to dunk on Christ's bride because she's wicked and fallen. Remember, Jesus bought us, all of us, and he loves us. The believers that are abused and the believers that do the abusing are loved by God if they're part of Christ. And in the end, we will all stand before the living and holy God. And we are going to need Christ's blood for the atonement of our sins and the reconciliation between us and that living God. So please, let this podcast do three things. Let it, number one, spur you on to recognize abusive signs in ministry. Number two, leave abusive churches. Number three, Let it lead you to join a biblical and faithful congregation to commit your life to. Because that's biblical. That's really good for you. Don't walk away from this podcast with a low opinion of God's church because it is His church. Sometimes sin really hurts, but Christ does empower us to heal in biblical community. So just go find a good church. Stay in a good church honor Christ by honoring his bride in this way. And if you haven't yet, like always, leave us a five-star rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Super helps us out. Um, Let us know who you are, where you're listening from, as well as what topics and scripture would be helpful to you for us to cover. As always, y'all, go to the Bible, read the text, and pray God might open your eyes to see him for who he really is. Let your maker root you to himself. I will see you guys next week. Thanks a bunch. Mm-hmm.